why it will be bombs away against LSU secondary with Florida State's experienced wide receiver corps. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another edition of Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith, and thank you once again for coming back. Please hit that subscribe button and like this podcast and share it wherever you can. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, the Locked On Network, your team every day. Today's edition is brought to you by Game Time. This is the app if you're trying to get last-minute tickets to an event, comedy show, football game, etc., Game time is a great option for you. Please check them out. Game time is something that uh, myself, I could have used a few other times. I put myself in a little bit of a bind a few times with the uh, tickets. Probably didn't pay exactly what I wanted. But anyway, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit difficult sometimes getting tickets, so make sure you check that out. Today's episode, we're going to talk about the experience at wide receiver for the Knowles, how that matches up against LSU's quote-unquote evolving, and I'm using a positive word here for them. They've got some issues going on. LSU secondary, we're going to talk about the playmakers that Florida State has beyond the obvious a little bit. And then finally, all of those two sections combined, all the different parts we're going to talk about bombs away, basically. Why Florida State is going to go deep. And it's pretty much hard to argue. So stick around for segment three on that. Let's let's talk about the playmakers first. And we know who most of them are, but it just, you got to state it. Jordan Travis and, and Benson in the backfield. Okay. They got Tefili and other guys come in. Rodney Hill, blah, blah, blah. They got all these guys that you kind of think of. But really, it's deeper than even that. I mean, Destin Hill... He's been talked about quite a bit in fall camp. The wide receiver, ironically, from New Orleans, played it in the car, amongst others. He's played against really good competition. He's from New Orleans, though, and they're getting ready to play LSU. Think about that. Do you think this game matters a little bit to him? I know New Orleans well. It's one of my favorite cities to visit. Those people will be giving him all kinds of grief. I'm sure he's got family members, regardless of him being an old, will still root for LSU. That's how deep the blood is down there. And that's fine, but he's going to take it personally. I'll bet you money, and I'll talk about him a little bit more. Destin's going to have a little bit to say about this game. So let's talk about the playmakers in general and why they cause problems for teams. Forget LSU for a second. Just Florida State in general, in-house. Read option game, run pass option, experience at quarterback. He's been playing for four years. He's in the same system. He was really good last year. You're, you're talking about one of the top quarterbacks at protecting the football in 2022. Jordan Travis had 24 touchdowns and five interceptions and was a great runner. I believe he was seven touchdowns he ran for. And if it wasn't for the sack total that the NCAA uses, he, he averaged five point yards a carry. He probably would have averaged six, six and a half. It wasn't for the, how they calculate stats. Playmaker. Benson is a big bodied, powerful young man that can make you miss. And he's got the speed to hit the edge. You have an incredible group. And I'm going to go a little more in depth than some other people 
on why the experience matters with them here in a second. But all these guys at receiver are good. Keon Coleman, Winston Watkins, you're talking about, or Winston Wright, excuse me, and, and Johnny Wilson. They're all really talented. You got Destin coming off the bench and you have other guys too. I mean, just looking at the depth chart for Florida State, I was trying to kind of gauge myself. Which guy or guys surprises and does something different? I mean, it's maybe Ben Drevis comes off the bench and has something, Hakeem Williams, whatever. There can be a special play, but for the most part, your starters are going to play in game one because they're not beat up. Uh, they're not tired yet out of fall camp. You know, the last week going into the game, they'll get a lot of rest. Uh, obviously, fall camp is difficult for everybody, but they'll be ready. But which guy or guys has that play? Like they get five to ten snaps and they hit a home run ball or something. I'm not sure, but Florida State's got a lot of guys like that. They got a lot of guys. I don't know. Maybe it's Douglas. Maybe it's Portier. Maybe it's Scott. I don't know. But they've got enough players that they can keep players fresh in a game. Again, this is in Orlando, and I know Florida State's used to heat. It is awful hot right now. I live not that far from Orlando. It is miserable here in Central Florida, and it's pretty miserable in Tallahassee. I was there the other day. It's bad there, too. I think it's going to be a situation where they're going to rotate at least a little bit early to save them for the latter part of the game, and here's why. The experience factor from the three starters at wide receiver. Keon Coleman has 22 games he's played in. Winston Wright has 33 games he's played in. Johnny Wilson has 21 games he's played in. That right there is 76, my friends. That's a lot of football for three returning players. And just to use one example, I didn't pull up all the stats. It's it's For this segment, it's really not that important. I'm going to do more of a stat show later. But it's just astounding to me that FSU, and I mentioned this the other day, Winston Wright had 133 receptions prior to coming to the Knowles. That's a lot. If he is your second or quote-unquote third option, good luck to any team schematically looking at this unit and saying, we're going to try to take this away or that away. Really hard. Really hard. You need, at some point, it just comes down to this and it, it makes coaches lose their hair like me and or die early, there is no way mathematically to take them away just talent. And then you add in the experience too of understanding double moves, running an accurate route, understanding timing and changing defense after the snap. All those little nuances that most college fans or just football fans in general, they're not going to completely understand. You got to be in a lot of meetings and deal with a lot of coaches off the record to understand this. But the difference makers, it's all those little things. At the Power 5 level, the talent at receiver, even at like at a Mac school, Sunbelt, et cetera, is often really good. But are they running the right route? Do they understand what it is to adjust the route when they see cover two to start and they rotate into cover three? And if they do, do they do it immediately or do they got to hesitate? A fraction of a second is often the difference between six points one way or the other. The quarterback's got to be on rhythm with that too. All the experience in Florida State's passing game is going to really take a step forward this year. And outside of maybe Washington or a couple other schools that have got really good receiving corps, and you know, Michael Penix, he's a Tampa guy. Uh, he played at Tech up at Washington. And there are a couple others 
they're at least in the stratosphere. Florida State's passing game has as much experience as any team in the country. And then you put it against LSU secondary, which unfortunately for them has had some injury issues with a couple of guys. And there's just some turmoil and a transfer. It's very convoluted. Projecting who's going to play against who, like is LSU going to just chase around Florida State? This guy stays with him the whole time? I have no idea. It's year two for Brian Kelly and his regime, but they're playing a very unique offense game one. That's hard. It's legitimately hard. I'm not going to guess what they're going to do, but here's what I do know. This continuing on something I did about a week ago on a podcast, and it's crazy because it's changed so much. Sage Ryan out of high school, I believe he was Lafayette, really good football player, recruited by everybody, but he was a safety. Everybody projecting to play safety. He's a corner now. That gives me pause. He's a bigger kid in the ballpark at 200 pounds, really athletic, but can you open your hips and run with speedy guys like Destin or Keon, et cetera, and make a play on the ball, play after play? I'm not 100% convinced of that, and I think at some point that could be an issue for them. Deuce Chestnut, he's a really good football player, transferred in from Syracuse. Played two years. He's from Camden, New Jersey. Uh, came down to LSU. Was one of the more highly coveted corners in the transfer portal. I think he'll be pretty good. He's got 24 games that he's played in. Good football player. I think Florida State, by and large, will stay away from him and focus more on Ryan. And the third guy, this is the wild card to me. He's got length for days. Zy Alexander. Talented player, Florida State, like the Alexander matchup, you would think with Johnny Wilson, with Johnny being 230-some pounds. Ought to be interesting. If you're talking about Zai 6'2", something like that, he's played in 31 games, but they were at Southeast Louisiana. Yeah, he was an All-American there, but that's not FBS. I'm not saying you can't be great at that level and come up. Uh, Mr. Jared Verse would tell you there's a difference between just saying that and being true. He's obviously a very talented player for the Knowles. He came from Albany. Did we really know what he was going to do last year? You have to wait and see. But again, the experience for FSU's receivers against the DBs at LSU, all of the following is true. The three starters have done it at the FBS level, and there's a ton of experience. 76 games they've played in. Fact. Now, it's pretty close, just numbers. Sage Ryan played in 14, Deuce Chestnut 24, and Zai's played in 31. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good, but 31 of those are FCS. So I don't I don't have any way other than to say this. Advantage Knowles. They're used to being in this advan- in this situation. We'll see, but that that's the first thing. And then the second, again, I love Sage Ryan as a player, but I don't think LSU is going to be in a good spot if they're moving safeties to corner. If they're moving a slot nickel, you know, that hybrid spot to corner. He played both safety and, and the nickel spot while he's been at LSU. I'm very concerned for them that they're just trying hodgepodge. You know, just looking at just being nice. But Florida State should take advantage of this. And we'll get a little bit more into that in segment three specifically. But the experience factor, I just don't see how somebody objectively would not open-endedly give Florida State the advantage here in the past game. Experience matters. And again, I, I started off talking about Jordan Travis for a reason. Even if you have these experienced receivers, by all means. The Jordan Travis from two, two and a half years ago may not have taken advantage of that. 
That's honest. Now, give me that bet. I'll take it every time. Now, if you're going to say other playmakers, I also think, again, I brought up Destin Hill. Just want to say that. Destin is a very good football player. He is one that is not going to take it lightly because he's from Louisiana. I also think Rodney, he's getting his chance. He's a running back that we're, we've been waiting to hear more about, learn more about. Now here's his chance, screen game, et cetera. And then Tofili, he's an experienced guy that's a jitterbug. The DBs also, they got a cover for LSU, but they got to tackle these guys in space when outside zone, screen game, just ad-libbing. Look for that as well. Look for that as well. It's different, like, again, FCS, and I know that Kit Alexander was really talented. It's not the same tackling players at this level. He's got to prove it. And maybe he'll come out and ball out. I need to see it. That's just me. So please understand that LSU is a good team, but Florida State's passing game, I just don't see how they don't have not just an advantage, but a definitive one. The numbers bear it out that way. So take it for what it's worth. That's my opinion. Please make sure that you check out Locked On ACC. I'm going to be on their podcast here in a little bit. Um, I'm not really sure how many of you are familiar with it, but if you look it up, they've got some good stuff. College football preview, ACC preview, talking football, and that's that's part of this network. We are very broad. We have teams all over, but if you want to get a different perspective besides just the team, make sure you check them out. Segment two. This is this is one of the more interesting ones. If you're going to look at playmakers, you have to talk about both sides of the ball. So it's not just the guy that catches the ball, runs the ball, throws. Can you name some guys that you think are going to make big time plays? Okay, Jared Verse. That's easy. Tatum Bethune, tackling machine. Which guys do you think are going to step up and kind of make that clutch play? Maybe he only plays 15 snaps, but who makes a clutch play that helps change the outcome of the ball game? That's why you recruit. It's depth. I grew up in the era when Bowden and those guys had so much depth. Their second string by the middle of the third quarter against even quality competition, top 10, top 15 teams, Miami, Clemson, NC State, whatever it was, BC, could have been Virginia Tech, whoever it was they were playing, that depth wore on somebody else more often than not probably 95% of the time, because quite frankly, outside of maybe Miami, very few teams could consistently match the depth that Miami, or excuse me, Florida State had. And I think we're going to see a little bit of that in the LSU game, which is really weird, because LSU usually has a lot of depth. But I'm talking about specific here. LSU's banged up in the secondary, so the receiver thing I already talked about, but do not discount Florida State's depth on the D-line. One guy I've done a little research on, somebody asked me about this, it posted on the YouTube account. Hey, what about Gilbert Edmond? Well, he was a really good player. I didn't realize, I, I hadn't done enough research on him. Last year in the Clemson game, I mean, when you're playing at South Carolina, the Clemson game is bar none, the most important. He had five tackles in that game. As a defensive lineman, that's a really good game. Really good game, especially against Clemson. He also had 39 tackles last year. That guy's coming off your bench. So I'm going to I'm gonna put him at top of the board for defense, off the bench, playmaker that somebody may not know about. 
can't discount that. I mean, again, I'm a stats guy. I've said it. Recruiting and stats. Those are the two things that they are what they are. I research recruiting. I love it. I'm going to a game, you know, anytime I can to, to recruit and learn about them. But the stats don't lie either, man. He had 39 tackles, five against Clemson. So that's one guy I expect to be a playmaker in addition to verse Bethune. The other one that I think is really unique because he's got experience, but he played on a bad team. It's been Charles Fipers, the, the corner that came in. How much is he going to raise his game? Because he's going to get a chance to play a lot against some really darn good receivers at LSU. I've heard good things. He was good last year. Again, the stats don't lie. The play don't lie. But now he has a chance to be a part of something special at Florida State where they can raise that defense another notch and compete for the FC or for the championship, be in the playoffs. That's got to be motivating, right? How would it not be? How would Cyprus not be motivated? Here's my chance to be a part of something special. Just my pick to click for this game. I think it's going to be a coming out party because like FSU fans know about Ventro. That's fine. He transferred in. A lot of people wanted him. He chose the Knowles. But does the rest of the nation know about him? Maybe a little bit, but I think he's going to have a big play in this game. It's Again, that's just a pick to click for me, and I like the odds of that because I think the front seven of the Knowles, again, this, these they work together. you got to have a pass rush for the DBs to do well. Always starts with the pass rush. When Verse comes out of the game, FSU has guys that can come in and do something. I'm still learning more and more about it, but Gilbert is the one I'm very excited about right now, just based on what I've learned and what I've heard with a little bit of research that I've done. Probably no more right before the game because the week of you'll hear, okay, the two deep is, it'll probably come through different sources. I doubt Norvell's really going to give out a lot of info. You're going to have to dig deep. You've got inside sources, but that's okay. But that's going to be key. I can go through the entire depth chart and I've talked to like Kenton or they call him KJ Kirkland. Uh, my guy, he, he's a great player, very underrated. I wouldn't be surprised as a freshman if he's one of those guys on defense, but they're probably going to have somebody else too. And that's the best part that I don't know. Florida state's depth for their playmakers on D is the best I've seen it in at least a half dozen years if not seven or eight. That's the difference between winning football at the highest level and just being a nine and three, eight and four team and going to a decent mid-level bowl game. Your talent on starters is nice, but you must have a lot of it ready to come in and accepting that role off the bench. And it's not easy. You got to have the cohesion in today's world with NIL and all the transfer portal. That's not easy. Give Norvell and his staff credit. They've got guys that have bought in as a team or they still wouldn't be on the roster. Portals open in the players' minds, at least. I know it's not technically right now. Often, as in pretty much every day, it's uh, a growing concern, as, as you might say. But look for Florida State's depth on defense to rotate in and out and for one or two play. I'm not saying they're going to just stuff LSU. That's ridiculous. Jaden Daniels and that group's good, but they're going to have more plays than people expect, especially the second unit. Playmakers on D. Um, there's one other player I want to mention. Conrad Hussey's another freshman, and I, I'm hoping, and this is a biased opinion, I like him, I know him, 
He's done well in fall camp. I'm hoping he's a guy, but in addition to him, he's a freshman, but he's a very smart kid. I, I think he'll pick up the situation well. Does Akeem Dent or Bernard Aguirre, one of these other guys make a big play? Sure. Thomas, I'm thinking there's a chance he plays well at corner, and he may be matched up a little bit with neighbors. He's a really good player at receiver for LSU. It doesn't have to be domination, though. Did you score more points than the other team? A playmaker holds his water. If he gets beat on a play, he erases it from his mind, and he moves forward to that next play to be locked in to make a play when he can again. You can't change the past. It's not possible. That's the true definition of a playmaker. I think from everything I've learned that Florida State is kind of ready to take that step. We'll see. Um, I, I just don't see why you wouldn't think that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being biased here. But uh, last player I'll mention, Patrick Payton. I'm, I'm proud of him, like where he was weight-wise, strength-wise, all that coming out of high school. He's a prominent player for Florida State now, and he'll, he'll be rotating in and out of the lineup, maybe start. Again, I don't put a lot of stock in these early depth charts, but – they just have so many good players like that. Florida State should have playmakers that other teams just aren't ready for with that depth. So I wanted to mention that again and uh, just kind of remind people that it is valid that depth matters even in game one. you got to be able to rotate guys in and out, and Knowles have playmakers off the bench. Not a lot of teams are as, depth, as deep as them. And it's going to change this game by the middle of the third quarter. That is my prediction. We'll see if I'm right. Um, please, and again, thank you very much for making Locked On Seminoles your first listen each and every day here on the Locked On Network. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And we are available on YouTube. Thank you very much. Um, I'm really looking forward to growing this and doing the best I can to bring some unique perspectives to Florida State fans. So with that... Segment three. This is the fun one. This is the fun one. Bombs away. I got the tab up there. If For those of you watching on YouTube, it says, expect FSU to go deep. Bombs away is another way to say it. I told you I was going to come back to this in segment one. Say Ryan. Former safety nickel was playing corner. At least that's the last I heard. They may have changed it again. Deuce Chestnut's a pretty darn good player, but he's a transfer from Syracuse. And then Zy Alexander has 31 games of experience, but at the FCS level at Southeast Louisiana, long kid, pretty athletic from everything we've heard. But are they all in conjunction, ready to play consistent and assignment correct football on every play? That includes any and all of the following and maybe even in combination on any one given play. Are they ready for switch releases? A unique screenplay? Are they ready for a different move that Florida State didn't teach and or utilize last year? It's game one. Let's go. You better be ready for anything and everything in a big game like this. Trick plays? Are they ready when Florida State comes out in a formation they didn't use last year? Florida State is going to have a few big down-the-field play opportunities, in my opinion, that is based solely on LSU making an error. 
I'm not saying Florida State's not going to challenge him and throw up 50-50 balls to Johnny or whatever, because that would be ludicrous to think they're not. Why wouldn't you? He averaged like 20.9 yards a catch last year. It's insane. Of course you will. But I'm talking about, oh my gosh, look at that guy. The announcer's talking. He's wide open. I'm predicting one or two of those because of the newness. Not that they're not talented, but the newness of LSU's secondary. That's a problem, brother. That's a big problem. You cannot have a situation. You cannot. We have that much newness and Florida State have that much experience. There's a reason I led that off in segment one. And then it not come back to bite you. Especially in game one. Now, if this was game five, I'd have a totally different view of this. And you probably should as well. Bombs away. When that play happens, is it the difference in the game? It could be. Florida State just needs one key play to win any big game because let's be honest, just the experience of the offensive line and the running backs, like Tofili's like second or third team. He would start for probably 80% of the teams in college football. He's, I mean, depending on who you believe, he's like third team. You know, I did they rotate guys. I don't really know if there's a true depth chart, but he's not the starter. If he's your third guy, hypothetically, you're loaded at running back. They're going to have to put a lot of effort into slowing down the run game. And I think that's another reason that the back five, if you will, like a four-two-five style defense is going to struggle a little bit, even if it's only a couple of plays. Now, Jordan can't miss them. And the receiver has to catch the ball, all the basic execution points. But I still say, once again, and to wrap up this podcast, bombs away. There's going to be a couple of those key moments that are going to come back to haunt LSU. Sometimes injuries and things just happen, and that's fine. And if they prove me wrong, I'll be the first one to admit it after the game. The next day when I do the podcast, I'll give all the credit to LSU. You have to prove me wrong. I do not like what's going on with LSU secondary in conjunction against all the experience in the passing game from O-line, quarterback, running back, tight ends, all the, the whole nine yard, and then the three very experienced guys with 76 career games for Florida State. I just don't. Sue me for saying the truth because that's, that's a lot of experience, man. And these aren't guys that just played. I mean, Keon Coleman was coveted. Johnny Wilson was coveted. And then you got 133 catches for Winston Wright. He's your second or third option? Bombs away. So with that, please like this podcast. Please make sure that you subscribe. Share this podcast any way you want. Um, if you want to do so, if you want to do so, and you've got a question or something like that, at the, if you're on YouTube, you can see this now. Just put it across the screen. You can send me an email. Send comments and questions, like show ideas, whatever it may be. Canes and Knowles rivalry at gmail.com. I'm more than happy to discuss things. If you've got a question about something, you can do that. If you want to comment on YouTube, fire away. I'm good with it. Let's discuss Florida State football. Pretty simple. If you got a college football question, that's fine too. So I'm more than happy to do that. But with that, please, everybody have a very, very safe day. I am more than happy to enjoy some college football. Today, by the way, make sure you do the same. It's uh, first, it's week zero, but please do enjoy it, even if it isn't the Knowles. 
it's still college football. So everybody have a safe day and I appreciate it. Take care.